Coming up, Star Trek Beyond, the third entry in the rebooted franchise. Is it worth seeing? Does it, in fact, go beyond the other two? Find out in this episode of Dizpop. Dizpop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Rhino Clavin, and today it is just me. I have just gotten out of the movie theater. I saw the 7 p.m. Thursday night showing of Star Trek Beyond because, come on, it's Star Trek, and I can't wait for that because I'm a big Star Trek fan. I always have been um, since I was little. I started out on Voyager. I know everybody favors the series they kind of started with, and that was that for me was uh, it was Voyager. I, I, I saw the Enterprise movies in the theaters. Uh, or, I'm sorry, not in the theaters. I didn't see one in the theater until Insurrection. And then I've seen everyone since then in the theater. But uh, those I saw them when I was younger, and then I went back and watched the original movies, and those are great too. Um, but uh, yeah, I've always always grew up being a Voyager fan, but I am a massive fan of the J.J. Abrams rebooted franchise, and Star Trek Beyond is the first one in the franchise not to be directed by Abrams. However, Bad Robot and J.J. Abrams are still producing this one, which is good. And um, yeah, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about it all for a quick second before I get into the plot or anything. Um, If you don't have these, there are these box sets um, available on Amazon. If you don't own the Star Trek movies yet um i'm gonna recommend them i got them last summer um there is a blu-ray collection of the original series movies and then a blu-ray collection of the next generation series they're in these really cool looking boxes um and each one's got its own slip case and they are if you watch them on amazon they're totally worth it so you get all six of the original movies you can find them for like 30 bucks sometimes um it's anywhere from like 30 to 60 but still that's like less than 10 bucks a movie um, but they did just release uh, a director's cut of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. I haven't had a chance to see that yet. I know that's available. And then they also have released like condensed versions of the original series movies and the Next Generation movies that you can get, like all six. It basically comes in a regular DVD-sized case. It's like 20 22 to $25. I personally, I enjoy the larger cases as opposed to those smaller ones. However... Um, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm telling you, you're going to watch this movie. You're going to want to go back and watch the other ones because it's great. I That's what I love about these movies is that <clears throat> I find them to be very accessible for if you are a Star Trek fan or if you are just a casual person who enjoys that movie going experience. Like they walk that line so well. And this movie is no exception to that. I'm, I'm just going to start the, uh, the whole review off by saying I love this movie. I think I enjoyed it more than the last one, but I do enjoy the last one quite a bit. You know, it's not without a couple of a couple of flaws. However, um, I still think it was a really good entry in the franchise, and um, this one is an original entry completely. But it definitely has throwbacks and calls to the original, the original for sure. And um, one thing I, well, I'll get to that a little bit later, but. So if you're a Star Trek fan, I think you'll enjoy it. If you just enjoy the new movies, you're going to enjoy it. If you just enjoy going to see a fun action movie in the theaters, you're going to enjoy it. Um, 
So the uh, this one is directed by Justin Lin, and if you're not sure who that is, he is actually the gentleman who directed the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth Fast and the Furious movies. So basically, he's the person responsible for steering that franchise to the uh, global powerhouse that it currently sits at. Um, I do believe James Wan directed seven. The the gentleman who directed um, Straight Outta Compton is directing the new one. F. Um, God, his name is F. Murray. It's not F. Murray Abraham because that is the bad guy in Star Trek Beyond. Uh, not Star Trek Beyond. Star Trek Insurrection. I'm sorry. I started this interview off so confidently, and then look where we've gone. But now I have to know who directed Straight Outta Compton. And I'm sure some of you are shouting because I should know F. Gary Gray. I'm sorry. I knew, I knew it was G's. But anyway, regardless, regardless how you feel about the Fast and the Franchise, Fast and the Franchise, that's what they should call it, the Fast and the Furious franchise, which I should note, um, when they announced Justin Lin as taking over for J.J. Abrams, I thought, oh, great, here it goes. Now here's the downfall of these beautiful, awesome Star Trek movies. And while I feel like this movie is not I still think the 2009 J.J. Abrams one is a masterpiece. I think the camera work is phenomenal. Everything in that movie comes together. It's wonderful. I think this is pretty close to that, as close as you can be without... The reason why the 2009 one works so well is because it's a coming-together story of characters we know, and it's basically like filling in the blanks, like how, why Chekhov, Sulu, Spock... Scotty, like why all these Ahura, like all these characters are so important to Kirk and why they're always there. This this is kind of like how they all did something for each other and they came together and then it ties into the original series so well, but you don't have to have watched the original series. It's just one of those perfect storms of a movie. And honestly, I think it's one of the best movies J.J. Abrams has made to date. If you do get the Star Trek 2009 Blu-ray, it has very extensive special features. It's actually one of the best... Um, blu-ray special feature discs i own i think because it just goes into every aspect of how they went through to make this movie and for me as a as a somebody who just loves movies it's very enjoyable to watch and jj talks a lot about um how star wars was really what ignited his passion for filmmaking so it's nice that he actually got to you know do the dream job as well but but either way um, if you haven't seen the movies at all, any of them at all, I really would say give them a shot. They are fantastic movies. I mean, the cinematography in star- all these movies is just wonderful. Like, I love a movie with good, cool camera shots. And the opening sequence of Star Trek 2009 is like its own little short film. So I would say just give it that first five minutes of the film. And I'm telling you, like, you'll see Chris Hemsworth as George Kirk. You'll see Jennifer Morrison as Mother Kirk, whose name I can't remember right now. Um, you know, just this phenomenal little short film that kicks off this movie. Now, um, enough of that. Let's talk about um, the new one, Star Trek Beyond. The This new franchise really likes to use that Star Trek into darkness, Star Trek Beyond. Like, it's turning Star Trek into a verb as opposed to it being like a noun, as a, you know, it being a thing. Well, I guess trekking is always a verb, but, but either way, this movie is definitely it 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 calls back to some elements of the first film um you know kirk is and and i really love this um and i'm gonna say right now too um this 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 review will will be minor spoiler heavy not 
just a little bit to tell you about the plot because the plot's not really revealed in the trailers, which I think is wonderful. Those trailers show you good action, but without getting too weighed down with what's happening. So there's still a pretty great twist in the movie that you don't really, you know, I didn't see it coming. So I thought that was really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, so so minor 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 plot spoilers. Nothing nothing major. Don't worry too much. Um, but anyway, so the the plot of this movie is basically it's uh, Kirk and um, the rest of the crew. Everyone's there. They are just about three years into their five year mission um, into you know exploring deep space, going where no one has gone before. And um, Kirk's starting to struggle with it a little bit. He's starting to feel like the days are running together. You know, maybe he's not cut out for it, and he's going to celebrate his birthday. And it's the birthday he's had one year now. He's one year older than his father was when he died, which I thought was a great... I don't know if it's just for me personally, because my father recently has is now like the age of, of what his father was when he passed away. And so... You know, I, I've recently, like, asked my, well, I asked my stepmother, I didn't ask my father directly, but about about that, you know, is that something that my dad was going to struggle with? Because, you know, he was reaching as far as his appearance gone, and that's kind of a scary, I don't know, it's a reflective moment, I should say, in, in one's life when you get there and go beyond that. Um, you know, and uh, so that's kind of like where Kirk is at because he's saying that, well, his father, you know, was this great man. And you remember from the first movie, saved all these people, Kirk included and the mother, um, when their ship came under attack by the Romulan, um, the Romulan, uh, Nero and Kirk basically saying he just joined Starfleet, you know, out of a dare. So maybe he's not, maybe it's not, maybe he shouldn't be, where he is or doing what he is. You know, he's having a little bit of a, just a mini crisis. It's not even a major crisis. It's just a moment. And so anyway, they, they come up to this new star base that is built out kind of in the area where they are, um, which is supposed to be the like largest, most advanced star base that Starfleet has built just yet. Um, and if you guys don't know, Starfleet is a peaceful organization there. It's not a militia. It's not military or anything like that. Um, they, you know, the ships are armed for safety reasons, but, um, it's, you know, this, this whole time and era that Star Trek takes place in is a peaceful earth time. And it's us trying to reach to other species to be friends, to extend that treaty. You know, it's about exploration. And um, this movie does kick off with Kirk trying to become friends with another species. And it's a f- it's fun. I'm going to say right now, the tone of this movie is is fun. It's light, it's fun, but it's got that moment of reflection about life and, you know, what what maybe maybe it means to us when we're, we're in the face of death. Um, or like when death is in our face or, you know, more eloqu- eloquently said than I just did. So... So that's kind of Kirk's story arc. And then um, I, I'm going to say one thing that I thought was very touching was they did include the passing of Leonard Nimoy as kind of a story plot almost too. So so um, younger Spock learns that Spock Prime has passed away. And um, so he's that's one thing his character's dealing with is he's thinking like, okay, well, new, um, well, Vulcan was destroyed. So maybe he should go back to new Vulcan and start, you know, turning toward his species and helping procreate and stuff like that. So, so he's kind of faced with that. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's where those characters are at. And basically, so they go and dock with this brand new, this, uh, 
I forget what it's called. It has a weird name that sounds like a town. I mean, I think it might have town in the title, but they go to this new space station. They dock there. Kirk applies for a position of vice admiral. And if you're familiar with the original series of movies and, you know, Kirk does become an admiral eventually. And it's kind of like all the movies are like, how do we get Admiral Kirk back on the Enterprise? But but regardless, so he kind of applies for that, but he hasn't told Spock and Spock hasn't told Kirk about what he's doing. So they have, the you know, this little thing between them and then... Um, a woman or a, a female of an alien species shows, shows up and she needs help. She needs a starship to, or a, a, a vessel to bring her through the, um, my gosh, I've forgotten the word, not barrier, not reef. It's it's something in space and there's a lot of asteroids and you have to get through it. And it's not an asteroid belt or anything like that. But anyway, they, they the, so the Enterprise goes, Kirk volunteers because it's the most advanced ship and they're like, not even close to being finished with the next one. So they go and, you know, lo and behold, those scenes in the trailer with those millions of little ships that attack the Enterprise, that's when this happens. And so the ship crashes on this planet and, um, you know, that's kind of where we go from there. It's kind of like the crew gets separated. How are they going to get back together? Why is the, the alien, the main alien, who is played by none other than Idris Elba, and that man is on fire. He's playing the alien crawl, but my goodness, he's in this movie. He was in Zootopia. He did um, Finding Dory. I, I mean, this guy's ever. I was watching The Office the other night. He was on that. I mean, I know he, I knew he was on that, but it's just coincidence that that episode came on when when this one, you know, this movie's coming out. But um, he plays the main antagonist, the villain here in this film, and you're, you know, it's the story is very easy and clear cut, but not to the point where you're like, you ever feel like, oh, it's light on plot because there is a nice twist. There is a nice message in here. Um, and I should have said, I don't know if I said this earlier, but this outing was written by Simon Pegg, who is a big Star Trek fan, huge Star Trek fan. Um, and, you know, there's a, so there's a lot of real good character stuff in this movie. There's a lot, every character has their moments. Like, I, I'm going to say right away things I liked about this film. Because I don't want to go too far into the plot. Well, I guess I should tell you, once the ship has crash-landed, everybody's kind of dispersed. Like I said, some people like Uhura and Sulu, they are um, kid- kidnapped by Kral. They're with his people. Um, Kirk is with um, Anton um, Yelchin. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not the character name. That's the actor's name. He's with Chekhov. So Kirk and Chekhov are paired off together. And then Spock and McCoy, which, I mean, come on. Spock and McCoy, in the, even in the original series, like that chemistry between those two, you know, between DeForest Kelly and Leonard Nimoy. And then here we've got um, uh, Zachary uh, Quinto and um, Keith Urban. We've got Zachary Quinto and Keith Urban now. And their their chemistry is fantastic. And I, I'm sorry, anytime that Spock and McCoy are together, it's just great. And so I really enjoyed the pairing off of all these characters together. Now, Scotty gets separated and he meets a new alien on this planet um, by the name of Jayla. And she's been pretty heavily used in the marketing. Like she's the main face in the middle of the poster. It's the, the woman with the white and then the black like lines running down the face. And she is played by Sophia, um, uh, Sophia Botella. I think that's how you say it. Um, she's an Algerian actress. Um, but you might remember her if you saw Kingsman, the secret service, she was the, um, the assassin with the knives for legs and she will be playing the mummy in the new mummy movie that's coming out next year opposite tom cruise and i have to tell you right now she was wonderful in this movie 
very very good i usually don't like like the added character like okay they've got a new person whatever i thought her story her character i loved it and i loved um her pairing up with scotty and there's it was just one that was wonderful how they paired everybody off they're not separated the whole movie either so like the group gets back together don't i i feel like they were separated and paired long enough and then regrouped together just the right amount of time um but that's that's all I'll tell you about plot. So see, I told you, not too bad, not too many spoilers there. But I got to tell you, this movie is very, very well balanced, extremely well paced. I mean, it it's clocking in at uh, I believe it's two hours and two minutes, and it felt like this movie could have been under ninety minutes. It moves so fast. The action is very well done. Um, there's some fun visuals in here. What's great is Justin Lin is actually a huge fan of Star Trek. He said he grew up watching Star Trek. Like, that was his thing. And I feel like it really comes through in the film. I, I, I think he did a wonderful job. And, and actually, I'm kind of hoping they sign him again. I thought he was... I think... I mean, I, I've only seen Fast and the Furious 6 of all the ones he's made. But, you know, I've heard 4 and 5 are great. But I think he does he does fun movies well. And... Um, we'll see. They're already working on the next movie. And if you hadn't heard yet, Chris Hemsworth will be returning to play George Kirk in the next movie. So that's going to be pretty cool. I'm, some people are, some people are, uh, um, guessing that the plot might be like closing this time loop or, um, we call this the the rebooted the JJ the Abrams franchise is referred to as the Kelvin timeline because that's the ship that George, um, that Kirk was born on that ship uh, is the USS Kelvin. So this is considered the Kelvin timeline. Cause that's where the, uh, the timelines diverge there. And then the other one is the uh, prime timeline. But um, supposedly some people are, are thinking like maybe this will loop back around. So then these four movies exist in their own little pocket universe. But I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the case, but I think Star Trek is always the sometimes the most fun when it's time travel ones because I do I do love Star Trek Four and um, Star Trek First Contact is great so I can't you know if they do a time travel one whatever I'm I'm not I'm not against it again it feels like every four movies or so they're owed one and so either way I, I love Chris Hemsworth so seeing him back in the role will be kind of interesting seeing Kirk confront his father yet again but um. What else can I say about this movie? Oh, Justin Lin. Um, so he was also announced as the director for Space Jam 2, if you haven't heard this. And that one's going to be focused on LeBron James. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, he's also directing the Jeremy Renner Born sequel. You remember that? That I think it was called Born Legacy or Born... I don't know. I don't... I didn't really see any after the second one. But... Um, but yeah. Um... I thought this movie was a lot of fun. I think it's a must-see in the theater. Now, I'm going to say I don't recommend the 3D. When I just saw it, my I felt like my 3D glasses were making the screen dark. And a lot of this movie, not a lot, I'd say 45% of this movie is in very dark scenes. And they're cool looking, but because 3D is you know, a little darker, I don't think the projector was boosted up light enough to reflect that and so i I always felt like i was struggling to see some stuff like there were some cool scenes like you can see it kind of in the trailer where kirk and um check are sliding down the uh the the saucer of the enterprise and i couldn't really see the action so it wasn't very clear and and maybe part of that was the 3d as well 
Um, so I, I would recommend if you're going to go to a regular theater, see it in the standard. But if you're going to go to IMAX, I don't think you're going to have a choice because I definitely want to see this in IMAX as well. Um, yeah, but it, it was a lot of fun. I thought the score was great. It's Michael Giacchino again. He did the first two films. Um, wonderful score. And what I really love, too, is the inclusion of the Beastie Boys song, Sabotage. And for those of you who are fans, you may remember that this song was used in the marketing of the first movie and was actually um, in the first movie when Kirk is a kid and he steals um, the stepdad's car and drives it off that cliff. Uh, so it was kind of like the way they use it. I'm going to leave that out, but they use it in the film and he like smiles and says like great song and it was used perfectly. I, I loved it. I thought, you know, when I saw that in the trailer, when they were referencing music, I was like, oh, it always gets weird because, you know, it's like 200 years from now. But there is even a moment where uh, McCoy refers to it as, are they listening to classical music? But so it's, it, it was funny. The, the humor in this movie, I can't emphasize this enough, was just right. Everybody had the moments. This group of people has have just the best chemistry together. Um, so I really hope they... You know, it goes beyond four. I hope they do six of these movies, just like they did six of the original ones. Um, sign everybody on. Get them going. I mean, they seem like they're having a blast. And I, I'm hoping this movie does well. I think it's going to get great word of mouth. I, anybody who sees it, I'd love to I'd love to get your feedback. Um, it it's It's got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And, and that's, I'd, I'd say it's worth every penny. Um, my friend Ashley, who listens to the podcast, she suggested that we come up with a new type of rating system that's a little different than the percentage because that's, you know, very Rotten Tomatoes. But she was saying, you know, what's the level of worth seeing? Is it a wait for television? A wait for DVD? A wait for, is it regular theater? 3D? IMAX? Is it like daytime ticket worthy i'd say that this movie is absolutely worth any penny that you go to see it whatever the money is that you're going to pay you know go to the imax if it's 20 bucks it's worth the 20 bucks you will enjoy the movie theater experience this is a movie that like yeah this is a movie this is a movie like go see this movie i i can't say that enough this is probably one of my favorite movies i've seen this year but again i, lo- I love star trek i i think it was fun it had a nice moment it's got some nice political, um, not I'm not not like Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton political, but it's a nice. Uh, I should have said um, it's got a nice societal comments on it. You know, it's kind of the message in this movie is that unity, like the Federation, is about unity. We are stronger together. Separate, the stick breaks, but in a bundle, it you can't snap it as easily. And the antagonist, his main thing is that. Um, that the Federation trying to create peace is the, is the mistake and that people or it's or life thrives in adversity. And so it's kind of a cool, there's some nice messages in there. And I, you know, I don't, I, I think that it makes Star Trek incredibly relevant. It's always been relevant to what's going on in society. And I, I think it, that's a nice message that you're not beaten over the head with in this, but you know, there was a moment where it was very touching to me that, you know, there's this movie that's just kind of like, we can be better, we can be together, you know, let's all the, let's put aside everything and come together. And, you know, it was one of those moments where I smiled because I think like that is Star Trek. And that's why Star Trek's been around for 50 years, because Star Trek is the best of us. It is what we should strive to be. You know, it's, it's just a better society. And, and it's nice that that beacon of hope can still exist out there. 
Now, this movie is being estimated to open a little bit on the lower side, somewhere between like 50 to 60 this weekend. And that's compared to the Into Darkness opened at 70 and the first one opened at 75. And those numbers, honestly, to me, are surprisingly low for what I feel like this movie should be doing. It, it does well in the long run because they've made actual good movies. And when you make an actual good movie and it gets good word of mouth, it will go longer. It'll last longer in the theaters. It plays well in international markets. Um uh, so some things that may be conceived as a bomb at the beginning last longer. And, you know, there's a good example in the movie um, Edge of Tomorrow or Live, Die, Repeat, whatever you want to call it. I hate that they changed the name of it because of the stupid poster. But uh, I thought that movie was fantastic. It was a really good movie. People thought it was going to bomb. It didn't do great in opening weekend. It had a low opening weekend, but it was a really good movie. And the word of mouth and people continually talking about it, that kept that movie in the movie theater for like two and a half months. And it ended up coming out as like one of the bigger hits last year, but nobody knew because it had just been gradually seen by everybody. And so... Some people think about it as that, but it actually was one of like, it was what they refer to as a sleeper hit. Um, but Star Trek, I, I really hope that this movie surprises and just holds in there. I mean, I think it's going to do just fine, but it you got to see it. Take people to see it. You're going to have a good time. Bring the family, bring kids, bring bring everybody. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to see it again. I, I already knew right away I was going to see it again, but I couldn't. I, I went to see it in secret. Nobody tell Eli I saw it because <laughs> I'm waiting for him to get back from a business trip. And then we'll go to IMAX. I didn't see it in IMAX. So don't worry. I wasn't wasn't too bad here. Um, but yeah, um, I'll also say there was a very nice throwback to the original series cast, the entire cast, not just Kirk, not just Spock. There was a nice moment. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to don't want to spoil anything, like I said. And what I what was very nice is the the movie was at the end of the movie. It said in loving memory of Leonard Nimoy, and then a screen passes and it says for Anton, because unfortunately, um, Anton Yelchin, who plays uh, Chekhov, uh, passed away in a freak uh, freak accident at his home uh, at the age of twenty seven, which is you know very sad because this 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 gentleman, if you've seen his films, he's a very talented, very talented individual, plays this role wonderfully and. You know, it, I know there, it was a loss to them, and J.J. Abrams has said that the character will not continue on past this. That um, it it it, st- it stays with Anton. So whether they'll whether the character will pass away or move on to other things in the universe, that remains to be seen. But I'm I, I'm confident that they'll honor him in the correct way, um, which which is you know wonderful. Um, so there's that. that. That was nice. I will tell you, nothing at the end of the credits. You don't have to stay. However, I'd stay about halfway through um, because, you know, the visual effects are great. I always like to stay to the end of credits anyways just because I like to read the names and try and be a little respectful. Not that you're disrespectful if you're leaving, but, you know, a lot of people worked on this film and I just want to give them, you know, the respect they deserve at the end here. But um, I think that's kind of going to kind of do it. I, I don't really have too much else to say. Like I said, there's it's so light in the trailers on what they show of plot wise that I don't want to talk about it too much and accidentally like ruin anything for anyone. Um, if you were concerned about that motorcycle scene that you can see in the trailer, because a friend of mine pointed it out and he went, I don't know that motorcycle in the trailer. There's a reason why that motorcycle is there that fits in perfectly. And the scene is actually pretty awesome how they do it. Um, it there was it, I was just. I can't, I can't tell you how often I was just found myself with a smile on my face for this entire film. Um, but at the same time, I felt touched in that it honored the Star Trek legacy in having that 
those those moments, those Star Trek moments in this film. So, again, Star Trek Beyond has done it. It has walked that fine line in this modern, this third time, third time, three movies they have that are great movies here, um, but that are very accessible. This one, this one especially accessible. If you've never seen any the 2009 one or Into Darkness, you can still go into watching this one and love it. Love it. So don't be afraid to see this movie and use that argument. If you're trying to bring somebody who's never seen it before, just tell them like, no, trust me, you're going to enjoy this. So go see it. Let me know what you think. Tweet at us at Diz Pop Show. We got the Facebook going now. That's Diz Pop Show. Uh, You know, if you want to send us Instagram photos, if you guys dressed up for the premiere, wearing your Star Trek shirts, I want to see those. Tag us in that. Um, I unfortunately did not fit in my Star Trek t-shirt I had anymore, but I, you know, that makes me sad. So I'm going to, I'm going to go out and make either get a shirt or make a shirt or something. And, um, oh, one thing before I, before I close out too, that I almost forgot to talk about. I loved the costumes in this movie. At first I didn't like the redesign of their, the tunics that they wear on the ship because I really loved the ones that were in the last two movies because they had the tiny little um, Starfleet emblems like running through the shirt. And I, I liked those. These ones, I was like, oh, the next little higher. But once I saw them in the movie, I was like, okay, I like these. I really liked their um, planetary outfits that they have. I'm sorry, the jacket. I got to get my hands on that jacket. The jacket Kirk's wearing in his poster and him and um, uh, Chekhov are wearing for the majority of the film. It's a cool costume. That might have to be a Halloween costume. I don't know. Um, so I got to look into that. But costumes were really cool. Acting was great all around. Loved every character in this film. Everything, everything was great. There isn't, there isn't a single thing I'd change. Um, you know, there's, a, there's a, like one or two moments here or there where I was like, oh, they kind of didn't really completely explain it, but they didn't need to. They didn't need to. And um, so that's that. Uh, check it out. Like I said, tweet at us, Facebook, Instagram. Hi. Like I said, tweet at us, Facebook, Instagram, all that. I want you guys to go see this movie. Go see it. Stop listening to me. Go see the movie. And let me know what you think. And hopefully I didn't steer you wrong. And I, I honestly, I can't see how I would have. Um, but that'll do it for me tonight. I'm going to go to bed. I got to go do this uh, 10th anniversary Dismeet stuff this weekend. So if I see you guys out there, um, thanks for coming. Uh, and uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to meet you guys. Um also, if you're not coming to that and you want to bid, uh, we're doing a silent auction to raise money for Give Kids the World that you in your home, wherever you are, can bid on this. Just download the app HandBid, that's H-A-N-D-B-I-D, and you can um, bid on some really awesome stuff that we've got going on in our silent auction. And all that money is going to go right back to Give Kids the World, and uh, we'll hopefully raise a ton of money for that wonderful organization this weekend but all right that's going to do it everyone for me um thanks for listening um we'll see you next time on the next episode of diz pop but remember live long and prosper